You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. God is good. Yeah, you are welcome to church this morning. And uh, I believe that the Lord is working already in your life. You believe that? Yeah. The Lord is in the house. I want you to just turn to someone. Just, just, just talk to them. Just say something. Say something. Just say something. I mean, you've, you've been in God's presence. Say something to that person. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, I see that somebody, nobody spoke to you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I receive that. Amen. Hallelujah. I receive that. Glory to God. God is good. Is it just a cliche or is he really good? good. Are you sure? What about when things are tough? What about when you are in pain? If there's no money in the account, no food in the fridge, are you sure? Huh? What if you lost your job? Yo. So what you are saying to me is that your circumstance has nothing to do with who he is. Am I correct? Come on, give yourselves a hand. Yeah. That means you know your father very well. He's a good God. He's a good God. He will never change. He remains good. Constantly good. The devil is the accuser. Sometimes he tries to accuse God before you. You see, his ministry is the ministry of accusation. So he accuses you before God. He goes to God and accuses God. I mean, accuses you before God. But then he comes to you to accuse God before you. And the unfortunate thing is that many people receive his ministry. They receive his ministry. He will accuse God in your mind. He will accuse God in your mind. He will tell you that God is not true. He'll tell you that God is not a liar. He'll tell you that God is not faithful. He'll tell you that God is not good. And it's all a lie. Because Satan is not good. But he will not tell you that he's bad. Instead, he wants to convince you that God is not good. He wants to convince you that God hates you. That's why you're going through what you're going through. It's a lie. It's a big lie. Amen? Amen? So this morning, I want to share with you on what I titled Unshakable Confidence in His Promise. Say, Unshakable Confidence. Yes. You need to be confident. Your faith must be strong. You must hold on to the promises of God. God is true. God is true. And there is nothing anybody can do about it. I'm telling you. You need to begin to put your faith in the word of God. Begin to develop your confidence. Build your confidence in his word. Because if you don't build your confidence in his word. If your confidence is in you. I have news for you. You will fail one day. If your confidence is in your ability, one day your ability will fail you. 
If your confidence is in your friends, one day your friends will fail you. If your confidence is in your family, one day your family will not be able to help you. Amen? Amen. So your confidence must be in the Lord. Amen. Why? He is the source of your salvation. Amen. He is the source of your life. Amen. He is the only one that can make a promise and has all that it takes to bring it to pass. Am I correct? Amen. You can make a promise, but you don't have all it takes. Do you know that? Do you know that? You can make a promise, but you don't have what it takes to fulfill that promise. You can tell someone, I am coming tomorrow, but do you have the ability to wake up tomorrow? How, how, how are you going to fulfill that? If you say, I'm coming tomorrow, I have an appointment with you, Tomorrow, 9 o'clock. And then 12 o'clock, God says, it's time to come. Then you have disappointed that person. And that's to tell you that you don't have what it takes. You think you do, but you don't. I've come this morning to tell you that you don't have it. But God is not like that. Yeah. When he makes a promise, he has everything that it takes Amen. to make good of his promise. Amen. And that is why you need to build your confidence in the Lord and stop listening to the devil. Yeah. Stop listening to the devil. If you listen to him, he will derail you. He will derail your faith. It will derail your life. You can miss your destiny if you listen to Satan. But many of God's children believe the devil more than God. Yeah. Obviously, the devil does not appear and say, I am the devil, so you better listen to me. He doesn't do that. He has ways. He has ways of, of speaking to you. Sometimes he can use your thoughts. He can, he can project thoughts into your mind. Yeah. Sometimes he can use people to, to, to speak into your mind. Like he tried to use Job's wife to speak to Job. Curse God and die. Hmm? Yeah. He used his wife. Like he tried to use Peter to stop Jesus from going to the cross. Far be it from you. You will never die. Huh? He, he, Peter thought he was the one talking. But he didn't know it was Satan. So, I want you to know that if we can go back to the word of God. Yes? Build our faith in his word. In his promises. Then we are going to see the power of God. We will see God fulfill his promises in our lives. Let's turn to First Second Corinthians chapter 1. Let's start from there. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'll read verse 20. 2 Corinthians 1.20. It says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him, amen, yes. to the glory of God through us. How many promises? What about the difficult ones? Huh? All. All. What about the ones that don't make sense? What about the promises that uh, sound so far-fetched? 
All of them. All the promises of God in him. Him who? In Christ. In Christ. They are yes. And in him, amen. amen. It's not they are yes and no. Yeah, because sometimes the devil will help you. He will try to preach this word to you. And say, you know, sometimes you get yes, sometimes you get no. How many people have heard that before? That's religion. That's not the Bible. That is not the Bible. That is religion. Oh, well, you know, sometimes God's, the way God answers our prayers is by saying no. Ah, you've heard that. You've said it to other people. That's right. God bless you for being truthful. Yeah. 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 But do you know that in our walk with God, you can get to a point where you have 100% yeses. Amen. Is there a place where the Father said no to Jesus? Do you have any account, any record, any example? Somebody? Anywhere? Not even one? Are you sure? Think properly. The cross. Oh, the father said no. No, what? What did the father say? Help me here. Help me. Help me. I'm just trying to fill in the blank. Give us volume here. If God could move or take away the burden of the cross. The cup, yes. Yes. But he later said, not my will, but your will be done. Because the answer he had no he knew he had to fall in line. Does does somebody want to help him? Huh? Who who is because I heard some voices here. We were just telling him that in actual fact, Christ nullified that first statement by saying, but not my will. Because yeah. he knew the answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Remember that prayer. Okay? One of these days, I know I've promised you a lot. <laughs> yeah. But one of these is I'm going to teach you on prayer. Okay? There are different types of prayer. And all the different types of prayer have different principles. That place in Gethsemane was a particular kind of prayer. All right? And that kind of prayer is known as the prayer of dedication. That is the only kind of prayer where you use, if it be your will. There is no other kind of prayer that you use that phrase. Because if you do, you will negate your prayer. Yeah. Because it's not a statement of faith if you use it for other kinds of prayer. But when it comes to dedication, dedicating your life for the will of God, you can use that statement, if it be your will. If you use it when praying for the sick, for example, and say, if it be your will, you have canceled it. Huh? If you use it to raise the dead, and you say, if it be your will, zero, it's canceled. That teaching must come soon. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So that prayer that Jesus prayed, when it comes to that kind of prayer, your will, right, is put in, um, in the cup where it gets crushed. 
And then you ask for the will of God to prevail. So the father didn't say no. But Jesus knew and he understood the principle that governed that kind of prayer. So that's why when it comes to the will of God for your life, you don't insist. You put your life and you say, Lord, if it be your will. So that's the only place. All right? The father did not say no. Jesus himself said, I lay my life down. No one, no one can force me to do it. He said, I can take it. So he had the option either to go to the cross or not to go to the cross. If he decided and said, Father, this thing, I don't want it. The father would say, okay. Sharp. <laughs> yeah, the father, will, the father will not force him to do it. The father will have to find another way to fulfill his will. And that's why if you study that prayer, Jesus says, all things are possible with you, Father. Let this cup pass over me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. If the Father had said to Jesus, Jesus, uh, I can see you are considering, so because of that, just come back to heaven. You know, the story of salvation will be very different. It will be very different. So, for your information, there's nowhere. But that was a good attempt. It was a good attempt. It's a sign that you read your Bible. You read your Bible, yes. Yeah, because if you look at it on the surface, it seems as if the Father said no to him. But actually, Jesus surrendered to the will of the Father. He, he, he surrendered to the will of the Father. It's interesting that it took place in Gethsemane. And the word Gethsemane means wine press. That's where the grapes are crushed. So that's where wheels are crushed. Yeah. So it was a place where God the Father was going to crush the will of Jesus and to mingle it with his own will and cause his will to be done. But his promises are his will. That's why they're always yes. Are you getting the point? His promises are his will. When he says, I will do this, is that not his, his will? That's his will. So it's your responsibility to find his promises. The reason why people don't get answers to their prayers is because they pray according to their emotions rather than according to his will. His promises. So their prayers are not based on his promises. Their prayers are based on their emotions. They are based on their feelings. They are based on what they see. They are based on what they think. And there's no guarantee that you say, God, kill my enemy. God will do it. Where is the scripture that says that? You have to bring his scripture and his word and say to him, this is your promise. You promised to kill this person for me. So Lord, kill him. <laughs> okay, let's go there. He, he quotes a scripture. Suffer not a witch to live. That is a powerful scripture. Did you know in the Bible, the Bible says, suffer not a witch to live. Okay. So, 
The, the truth of the matter is this. There are scriptures, you need to, you, when you read the Bible, you need to read them in context, okay? Read them in context. Yes, in, the, in, in, in Israel at the time, remember they were in the land of Canaan. And there are a lot of abominations that were taking place in Canaan. All right? As a matter of fact, God commanded the Israelites to kill the Canaanites. How can a loving God ask people to go into a land and then wipe them all out? So sometimes I hear on the radio people talk about some scriptures and they say, oh, you know, all this Christianity, because some people are saying, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, based on what the scripture is saying. They say, but the same Bible was used to kill people. And it's because they don't understand how God thinks. They don't understand why God said what he said. Huh? I think uh, I was sharing during the week, we had a powerful time praying with the business people. Let me spare you, my brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. We, what, what happened is God told Abraham when he made a covenant with Abraham. He says, your descendants are going to inherit this land. Okay? He says, they are going to be, be in a different nation, another nation for 400 years. They will serve that nation for 400 years. Okay? They will serve for 400 years, and after that, they will come back. They will serve for 400 years, he says, but the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Who was he talking about? He's given the Amorites time to repent. He gave them over 400 years. That's from the time of Abraham. For 400 years, God is waiting for repentance. Where can you find that kind of mercy? Where will you find it? Are you able to endure for even two days? <laughs> 400 years. God is waiting. But let me give you an idea of some of the abominations that these guys were, were, were guilty of. Right? When a child is born, when a child is born, when a, when, when a child is born, they would take the child and put the child into the fire. Yeah. I'm telling you, history confirms what I'm saying. They will put the child into the fire. And if the child survives, they'll take the child and say, yeah, this is... Imagine you. <laughs> uh, you, you. You have a baby. Then he wants to worship. He now takes the baby into the temple. And there's fire. They put the baby inside. What are you going to do to him? You love him. <laughs> yeah. But imagine that going on every single day. God is watching and seeing that. That's one of the many abominations. Yes? Should I give you another one? Hospitality. Huh? Hospitality was a taboo. Yeah. So when a visitor comes into town, you are not supposed to accommodate them. If you accommodate them, you are in trouble. That is why during the time of Lot, when the angels came to visit Lot, remember what the people did. They came, they said, bring this man so that we will sleep with them. To punish them for coming. And you, Lot, for accommodating them. It's trouble. There are many abominations. And God said, it's because of these things that I am wiping them out so that you can take their land. 
So somebody today just reached that. He says, ah, oh, this God is very wicked. Look at what he's saying. You, you don't know the level of the wickedness that was happening. And they would not listen to God. God will send people to talk to them. They won't listen. And then it was time for judgment. But it took 400 years, at least counting from the time of Abraham. Before God said, okay, the cup is full now. Now, enough is enough. It's time for judgment. It's time to wipe them all out. They were consulting the dead. Part of the abominations. Don't we do it today? Ancestral worship. It's part of the abominations that God said. And that's why God decided to take the land from them. Come on, tell me we're Africans. Let's just do it because you don't know what you, you don't know. The time the land begins to vomit you, you'll be amazed. Because the land itself will reject you. So if the land is rejecting you, all your efforts, nothing will prosper. Because the land is saying no. It's resisting your abominations. That's why it seems Africa is cursed. It, you see, it's not because... No, you know, these things have been going for generations and that's why we need to break them. Are you getting my point? So sometimes we just listen, we just hear people say things and you don't even go and search the mind of God. People say something, you just take it and start repeating what they are saying. You don't even know what is behind all of that. You just take it. Everybody is saying it. The media is saying this. Everyone is saying this. So, is the media yes and amen? Huh? No, the media is not yes and amen. It's controlled by the spirit of the power of the air. The prince of the power of the air. And that's Satan himself. He is the power behind the media. He's the power behind the media. Even our experts. <laughs> anyway. I, I, you, you guys are trying to take me into where I don't want to go. The promises of God are yes. In Christ, his promises are yes and amen. There is no no in his promises. No, no. It's all yes and it's all amen. It's all yes. So, why is it that it seems as if God says no sometimes? It's because it is not built on his promise. Whenever it seems as if God is saying no, it's because it's not part of his promise. If it is his promise, it's always a yes. So, if you want your prayers to always have a yes, make sure you don't pray prayers that are not based on his promise. It's simple. You do that, you have 100% result-oriented prayer life. How would, how would you like to have that? Hmm? I remember years ago, Kenneth Higgins said, for over 50 years, every prayer that I've prayed, God has answered. I like that. For over 50 years. Yeah? So when you say, God, I need this, God says, yeah. I need this, yeah. I remember one of the prayers that he prayed. One of his members died. One of his members died, right? This guy died, I think he was in his 40s. He died. And this man went before God in prayer. He said, God, this guy must not go. This guy, no way. And he gave God his reasons. Number one, he said, your word promises. You promise us 70. 
all by reason of strength 80. This man is just in his 40s. So, on the grounds of that, I refuse to allow him to go. Come on. Next thing he said to God, God, this man has a young family. Look at his children. Who is going to father these children? Am I the one? <laughs> because of that, I say no, he's not going. Reason number three. He said, this man's tight alone covers the expenses of the church. This single man alone, his tight alone covers the expenses of the whole church. So you're taking him now. Who is going to? Yeah. Who is going to? Who, 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 where will I get this kind of man? On the basis of that, I refuse. The next thing he said, Lord, this is the most faithful man that I have. I have other, there are other men, but there is nobody as faithful as this man. And so because of that, I refuse. He's not going. Then he said, the next reason, the next thing, he said, he said, God, if you are going to take him, you better take me. I'm, I'm, I'm quitting. I have to go. If you cannot fulfill your word, this is what your word says. If you are not going to do it, forget about me. I'm ready to die. You know what? This man was in heaven enjoying himself. Huh? He was enjoying himself in heaven. Jesus came and tapped him. You, you, you have to go back. He looks at Jesus and says, Jesus, what are you talking about? Me? Go where? No way. I'm not going anywhere. I cannot leave this beautiful place. So, so the Lord said to him, come and see something. So the Lord took him to a place. It's like there was a curtain. So he opened the curtain. Opened the curtain and he said, look. He looked down and he saw his pastor on his knees. Praying. Then Jesus said to him, he has asked for you. I cannot deny him. You have to go. That's how this man came back and quarreled with his pastor. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. True life story. He quarreled with his pastor. He's like, why did you disturb my enjoyment? I say, oh, sorry, but we need you here. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the point I'm trying to make is that if you know how to handle his promises, you will always get a yes. You will always get a yes. The problem is that we don't know. We, we, we think that because we, we just shed tears, God will just move. Your tears are not here and amen. It's his promises. Yeah. So we think that because we are we feel strongly about something, then that's good enough. It's not. You can't build on that. You need his word. You need his word. So if you can build your life on his word, your life will always be yes and amen to the glory of God. You see, who gets the glory? God. But if it is based on you, who gets the glory? You. So it's not ready for you to get the glory. Yeah. Is it okay to be? Yeah. Yeah. So how many people want to give God glory? Yes. So get into his word. Get his promises. One of the things I always do when I'm faced with situations, I look for promises. 
I look for promises. I search the scriptures. And I get promises. And I stand on those promises. I stand on those promises. That is what has kept us going. It's not because there are no crises. It's not because there are no challenges. It's not because life is, you know, easy. It's not because life is fair. It's not, you know, it's his word. His promises. His what? Promises. Stand on his promises. You know, there have been times that I've taken promises, literally written them on a piece of paper and put them in my shoe. And I say, Lord, I'm walking on your promise. Hallelujah. I am walking on your promises. This is what your word says. And I'm standing on it. I walk on it all day long. It sinks in my spirit. If I'm going to sink, let the word sink first. If the word cannot sink, I cannot sink. I cannot sink. Hallelujah. Sometimes you have to be radical in your faith. You have to be radical. You have to take it by force. The kingdom of God suffers violence. The violent take it by force. You don't take the kingdom by negotiation. You don't take the kingdom by sentiment. You take it by fight. By a fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight. He has given you all the promises that you need. His promises are yea and they are amen. But many of us don't even bother about his promises. We don't even consider his promises. We just live the days as they come. You are the mercy of circumstances. Huh? You are the mercy of situations. You are the mercy of the economy. You are the mercy of your job. You are the mercy of things around you. You are at the mercy of whether things turn out right or not. Why can't you turn things out? Why can't you begin to craft your future with his promises? Why? Who's going to do it for you? Who will fight your battle for you? Who will fight your fight of faith for you? Nobody will. When it comes to your faith, you have to be a radical. Believe God. Trust God. Be confident. And say, if I perish, I perish. Hallelujah. I'd rather die trusting God. And let it be known that I died trusting God. That's the kind of attitude you need to have. Yeah. You don't, you, 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 you don't start looking for people and, and begin to put blame on people for where you are. Maybe you found yourself in that situation not by choice, but it takes choice for you to remain there. Do you understand me? It takes choice for you to remain there. Somebody might have pushed you and you fell. To remain on the ground is your choice. Maybe you fell because someone pushed you. But you don't blame the person for remaining on the ground. Stand up. Stand up. Lift your head up. Say, I'm a child of the king. He has promised he will never fail. He will never fail. 
things might shake me here and there. I'm shaken. Things happen. So what? The promise you have is more precious than silver and gold. more precious. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4 tells us there that we have exceedingly, he says, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Exceedingly great and precious. These promises are more precious than precious metals. Come on. They are more precious than precious stones. These are his promises. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Through his promises you will escape. You escape by the promises. You are in the pit. How do you get out of the pit? Get a promise. Yes, Lord. Get a promise for your pit. Yes, Lord. Get a promise for your pit and escape that pit. Amen. There is a promise for every pit. There's a promise for every pit. I'm telling you. There's a promise for every pit. You are going to escape. You become a partaker of his divine nature. Why? Why did Jesus rise from the dead? He was in the deepest. But Father promised. Hallelujah. Why did Jesus on the cross say, Father, I commit my spirit to you? Because the Father had promised. He promised and he knew he had confidence, absolute confidence, unshakable confidence in the promise of the Father. And that's why he could tell his disciples after three days. Yeah. After three days. Why? The Father promised. The Father promised. And he could put his life on the line. Because of a promise. Amen. Because of a promise. He could put his life on the line. He could allow himself to be crucified. Because there was a promise. Because there was a promise. He had faith. In the promise. Now if that faith. Could raise Jesus from the dead. Why do you think it won't work in your life? Why? Because you have believed a lie. You are listening to the accuser of God. You're not even dead. That's right. You're not even dead. Yeah. But we have believed a lie, my people. We have believed a lie. The devil has sold us lies. And we have, we have bought, bought into his lies. It's time to get back to the promise. Amen. 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 The promises, they are yes, yes. and they are amen. They're yes and they're amen. Things might not look okay. That's all right. Just get a promise. Amen. A promise will sort them out. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a promise for your family. Amen. There's a promise for your life. Amen. There's a promise for your children. Amen. There's a promise for your future. Amen. There's a promise for your career. Amen. There's a promise for your studies. Amen. There's a promise for your body. Amen. There's a promise for your mind. Amen. There's a promise for your marriage. Amen. There's a promise for your relationships. Amen. There's a promise for your finances. Amen. There's a promise. You need to search them out. They're promises. Promises. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of Abraham. 
God gave him a promise. God gave Abraham a promise. If you look at Romans chapter 4. In Romans chapter 4, God gave Abraham, our father, a promise. Glory to God. Amen. Yes. Amen. Look at from verse, verse 13. He says, For the promise that he would be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Amen. Do you know that God promised Abraham the whole world? That he would be heir. In other words, he would inherit the whole earth. Including South Africa. South Africa belongs to Abraham. By promise. Hmm? What's the name of your village? <laughs> what? Kwano Bokwe. It belongs to Abraham. Yeah. <laughs> that place too. It's for Abraham. Hallelujah. By promise. By promise. Some people think it's only Palestine. That was the starting point. You see here. The world. The entire world. That's why he has children in every nation. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter where you are born. If you have a promise, you can have an inheritance there. Amen? If you have a promise, you can have a heritage. I'm telling you, this has helped me many times. <laughs> and it's still helping me. I'm just sharing with you some of the principles that I live by. Because I can see the devil is shaking some people. And you need to sort him out. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Sort him out. Amen. Yes? Amen. It says, if... Okay, let's skip down. Skip down to verse 14. It says, as it is written, I have made you father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. He believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. God says to Abraham, I'll make you a father of many nations. Sarah was barren. Hello. When God made that promise, she had gone past menopause. Yeah. Gone past menopause. God, God didn't care about the biological condition. You understand? God's promise does not depend on biology. His promise is His promise. His promise will fix everything. It will fix everything. So His promise fixed Sarah's body. And fix it. And if you don't put faith in the promise, things will not be rectified in your life. Yes? Let's read on. Let's read on. Look at verse 18. It says, Who contrary to hope, in hope believed. In other words, against hope. In a hopeless situation, he had a promise. And he chose to believe the promise rather than the circumstance, rather than the condition. Contrary to hope, in hope believed. So that he became. Can you see? Because he believed, he became. If you don't believe, you will not become. If you don't believe, you will not become. If you doubt, things will not change. Oh, you know, I don't know. Since Zuma came into power, things have been tough. Is, 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 that, is that your promise? Is that your promise? 
Hmm? Some people are disturbing and oh, Trump came into power. Now, what is he going, how does it affect Africa? What kind of question is that? Is that the promise? He can, he can do whatever he wants. I have a promise. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I have a promise. Uh, a better promise. Better promise. So I like that song we sing sometimes. I have a promise. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. It says, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. According to what? What was spoken. Do you know it depends on who is speaking? Depends on who is speaking. If it's God that is speaking. The, the, the thing about God is this. Let me tell you how powerful he is. When he thinks, it just happens. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's how powerful he is. He just needs to think. It's done. He doesn't even need to speak. So when he speaks, ah, that's how powerful he is. Let me show you. Isaiah. Let's look at Isaiah. We'll come back to, to Romans. Isaiah 14. Yeah. Is it 14? Is it 14? Why is that? Where is that? Where is that? It says, as I thought. Uh, where is that scripture? Come on. 1424. Thank you. Yeah. He says, look at Isaiah 14, 24. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, surely, as I have what? As I have thought. Huh? So it shall come to pass. <laughs> That's your father we are talking about. Yeah. That's why his promises are yes. He just needs to think. He says that I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of good and not of evil. He has thought about you already. So it's sorted. Touch someone say it's sorted. It's sorted. Yeah. He says, as I, th I have thought, so it shall come to pass. Yeah. It doesn't even need to work. Yeah. No. Just think. Yeah. And it's sorted. Yeah. Do you have that capacity? <laughs> huh? Yes. He says, and as I have purposed, it shall stand. That's yeah. God. You see, I, I, want to, I want to amplify him in your, in your mind. Amen. So uh, you can see his greatness. Amen. There's nobody like him. Amen. So when you're worshipping him, you know who you're worshipping. Yes, I'm not talking about some idols somewhere that have eyes but they cannot see. Yeah. Huh? They have ears, they can't hear. Yeah. They make them with hands but they cannot deliver. What kind of God is that? Man made God. Hmm? Remember years ago I was uh, I went to visit our church in Togo and I saw there, you know, you're walking and you'll see this shrine and then you'll see some kind of <laughs> it's like a joke. They make this and then they put this thing like a doll baby. And they put food there. That, that's their God. And they put the food there. The God cannot even eat. <laughs> Every day they bring food. They put it there. By the end of the day, they will remove it. And put another down. He is not eating. But yet, they are continuously putting food there. What kind of deception is that? My own God say, if I'm hungry, I will not tell you. Amen. Am I going to ask you for food? Even if I am hungry. He said that the cattle on the thousand hills belong to me. Hmm? 
A thousand hills. All the cattle, he said, they belong to me. And he said, in fact, if the cattle belong to him, to who belongs the grass on the thousand hills? Who owns the grass? He does. So, what are we talking about? I want you to have unshakable confidence in his promise. Hallelujah. Back to Romans chapter 4. Our father Abraham was something else. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed. So that he became a father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And look at verse 19. Come on. Who? Let's read it together. Come on. One, two, three. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Hey! One hundred years old man trying to have a baby. A 90-year-old princess. She carbonda her. Hallelujah. So the Bible talks about the deadness of Sarah's womb. Doctor, I didn't know wombs die. Huh? <laughs> Can you explain the deadness of the womb to us? <laughs> he says no <laughs> hallelujah so naturally it was impossible but there was a promise there was a promise do you have a promise that you are standing on you have a promise I hope you have amen I hope you have a promise that you are standing on. And you are saying, God, it does not matter what. If the whole nation is going to be destroyed. Your promise, I'm standing on this promise. That's how to please God. In case you don't know. Murmuring does not please God. Grumbling does not please God. Complaining does not please God. Huh? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let's believe His promise. Let's believe it. He did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. And he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Come on. But was strengthened in faith. Giving glory to God. Let me pause here and explain something. He did not waver at the promise of God. Through what? Unbelief. You know what unbelief means? The difference between doubt and unbelief? Unbelief. The way unbelief works is that you used to believe. But because things have taken long, you stop believing. You enter into unbelief. That's how, that's, that's unbelief. You know, it's like the Israelites, when God took, delivered them from e- Egypt. Oh my, yeah, God is awesome, man. And they sang songs, tambourine, Miriam danced, prophesied. Come on. Huh? The Lord our God is great and all of that. Yo, he has he has drowned Pharaoh and his horsemen, the rider and the horsemen in the Red Sea, and they're dancing. They have faith now. After hunger came. <laughs> Hunger came. Thirst came. I said, what is this? Moses? Huh? What kind of God is this? What have you done? 
you and God. You have connived with God. And you want to kill us in the wilderness. Huh? Are there no graves in Egypt? Hmm? Why should we die here? We cannot even have a decent burial here. Huh? Moses. Moses. How can you do this to us? You and God. Huh? What? It's your fault. We were okay. You just went and brought us out. Now look at what we are going through. Ah. What's that? Unbelief. Unbelief. So many of you started in the faith. But because things have prolonged, because things are challenging, because things look, you have gone out of faith to unbelief. Get back to the promise. Get back to the promise. Huh? So he did not waver. Do you know how long Abraham waited? 25 years. God made a promise. 25 years waiting. You didn't even wait for two years. Huh? 25 years. But he just kept. There was a time he shook a bit and got an Ishmael. But he came back on track. <laughs> Do you understand? He came back on track and continued. He continued to believe God. Yeah, Sarah, it doesn't matter. You are like this, you are like this. But God has promised. God has promised. God has spoken. It doesn't matter. Your biological clock has ticked and ticked until it's broken. But God has spoken. God has spoken. So we hold on to the word. He did not waver. Hallelujah. He did not waver. Let's read this in the Amplified. Come on. Read this in the Amplified. How, how does the Amplified put it? It says, no unbelief or distrust made him waver. Undoubtingly question. Hmm? Concerning the promise of God. He didn't come now and say, God, are you sure? Did I hear right? Was I dreaming? No, he didn't do that. Yes? He says, but grew strong. Come on, somebody say, grew strong. In the midst of all of that, you, you know, things can be going bad and you are getting stronger. It takes a promise for that to happen. Circumstances are going crazy. But you are getting stronger. Hallelujah. Things have not changed, but you are stronger. You are stronger than when you began. Hallelujah. The bank is coming. It's putting pressure, but you are getting stronger. You don't have an answer, but you have a promise. Come on. He grew strong and was a Empowered by faith. Amen. Was empowered by faith. As he gave praise and glory to God. In the midst of all of that, he says, Lord, nothing will take away your praise. Even my circumstance will not stop me from praising you. Things are going bad, but I'll praise you. Things are going bad, but I give you glory. Oh Lord, oh Lord. It looks impossible. It seems there's no way out. But Lord, be glorified in my life. Let my life be glorified. Be, be, bring glory to you. Let my life be an expression of your glory. No matter the circumstance. No matter what I'm going through. I don't have an answer. But I have a praise. I don't have an answer. But I have a praise. And I will release my praise. I release the praise. Unto your name. I give you glory. Things are getting worse. But I'm getting stronger. Because I'm praising. Things are getting worse. But I'm getting stronger. Because I'm holding on to the promise. I refuse to waver. I refuse to waver. I refuse to look at the circumstances. I refuse to look at the situation. I refuse to look at my bank account. I refuse. I refuse to look at my body. I refuse to look at my health. I refuse. I refuse. I give you praise. I give you praise. It belongs to you. It belongs to you. Receive all the glory. 
Receive all the praise. Receive all the honor. I cannot explain what I'm going through, but I can give praise. I cannot explain, but I can give praise. I cannot explain. I cannot explain to anyone. Oh, my family is making a mockery of me. My family is mocking me. My friends are mocking me. My colleagues are mocking me. They are calling me names. They are calling me names. I don't have an answer, but I have a praise. And I have a promise. Because I have a promise and I have a praise, I know you will be glorified. You will be glorified in my life. Come on, let's stand up and bless the Lord. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.